hand in gin rummy. I must say that at this point Mr. Pickens had shown some forethought by stopping at a jeweler's and buying a wedding ring on his hurried trip to Asheville. It was only a plain gold band, but it was a wide, thick one, which, with the cost of gold these days, was no minor purchase. Of course, there was no engagement ring because there had been no engagement, but that could be rectified in the future, on an anniversary, perhaps, if they stayed married long enough to have one. When they came out of the courthouse and got in Mr. Pickens's car for the trip to an out-of-town magistrate's office for that travesty of a ceremony, we followed them. Going to Waynesville for the civil ceremony had been my idea in order to forestall the Abbotsville Times from making a public announcement as to the exact date of legalization. If the Waynesville paper printed it in their public notices, more power to them because no one in Abbotsville would see it. Sam and I were to be the official witnesses for which I was glad because I intended to make sure the whole thing was done up good and tight so nobody would be able to talk his way out of it. Lloyd was the happiest of the entire wedding party, and I'm including the bride and groom. In fact, he could hardly sit still, for he was at last getting the daddy he'd never had, and he loved Mr. Pickens to death. And to give the devil his due, Mr. Pickens felt pretty much the same way about him, which was all the more reason to make sure that Mr. Pickens towed the line and kept his shoes under the right bed. Lillian was with us, too. She'd been at the house the day before, even though it was a Sunday, when Mr. Pickens came waltzing in with the announcement to all and sundry that he was marrying Hazel Marie the following morning. With a whoop of joy, she'd immediately started preparing dishes for the wedding luncheon. Lillian was another one who'd fallen under his spell, so he could do no wrong in her eyes. She gave him a lot more credit for good intentions than I did. She'd shown up on that Monday morning dressed in her Sunday church-going clothes, a solid white nylon dress with a red patent leather purse the size of a weekend suitcase and red patent leather heels that she could hardly walk in. And on her head, she wore a wide-brimmed red hat with silk anemones and a veil on it. That meant that Lillian was the only one of us wearing white, a fact that kept Hazel Marie in tears of recrimination at her own precipitous fall from grace, so obviously apparent from the size of her midsection. It got worse when Lillian happened to mention that Letitia, her great-granddaughter, had wanted to go to the wedding, but Lillian had left her with the neighbor lady. Hazel Marie really started crying then because she couldn't stand leaving Letitia out. Just hold on. Mr. Pickens said, showing remarkable self-control under the circumstances. I'll go get her. Will you do that, Lillian said, and I got to sit here and braid her hair for an hour or two, cause she can't go looking like she do now. I had to step in then, because any further delay in the wedding plans would make a nervous wreck out of me. Go by and get her afterward, Mr. Pickens. She can come to the wedding luncheon, and Lillian, be sure to give her a handful of rice to throw. Yes, am that'd do the trick, and she won't know the difference. So we got them married, and those two rapidly growing infants legitimate. And when all is said and done, that was more important than a properly formal and traditional ceremony, although I was heartsick at the secrecy and the haste with which it had to be done. Chapter 2 I was heartsick over more than that, 
Though for now came the need for explanations and cover-ups and outright lies that in the long run no one would believe. In truth, however, I didn't care whether anyone believed them or not, just so they acted as if they did. Part of the problem was that this time I had no leverage by which to elevate Hazel Marie to a respectable position in the town. The first time, that time when she showed up at my front door with my recently deceased husband's little son in tow, I had steeled myself to stare down the gossip and rumors, the whispers and the titters at how my pillar of the church husband had betrayed me. I did it by accepting Hazel Marie and little Lloyd myself, and furthermore by compelling the town to accept them too. I was able to do it too, because half the town owed money to Wesley Lloyd Springer's estate, and I announced that I was calling in the notes, because I was sick and tired of my house guest being snubbed. There must have been a number of heart-to-heart talks between husbands and wives all over town after that, for all of a sudden, Hazel Marie...